This is Made in Montana News on the Treasure State Radio Network. I'm Jay Scott. A Republican state lawmaker testified that her GOP colleagues were motivated by the perception that, quote, college students tend to be liberal when writing new election laws last year. Three of those measures that were signed into law by Republican Governor Greg Gianforte are being challenged in an ongoing trial in Yellowstone District Court that began last week. Nearly a dozen plaintiffs are challenging the student ID bill as unconstitutional because it discriminates against young voters. In response to a question from Riley Summers Flanagan, an attorney representing several of the plaintiffs, Representative Geraldine Custer, a former long-term elections official from Forsyth, suggested that some Republican lawmakers, quote, mistrust young voters. Quote, the general feeling in the caucus, the Republican caucus, is that college students tend to be liberal, and so that's the concern with them voting, Custer said. Custer testified she believed the effect of the voter ID bill was to make it harder for college students in particular to vote in elections. Unlike those with a Montana driver's license, state ID, tribal photo ID, or concealed carry permit, the law requires voters with only a student ID to bring a supplementary piece of government identification. The defense has argued student IDs are less of a clear indicator of a student's residency in Montana than the other forms of identification. In building their argument against the law passed in the name of election security, Secretary of State Christy Jacobson's attorneys have at times referred to three isolated instances of voter fraud that have occurred in the state's recent history. However, witnesses for both the plaintiffs and the defense in the trial have testified that the laws being challenged wouldn't have prevented those instances and that none bear any relation to the unfounded allegations of widespread voter fraud. Justice Ingrid Gustafson's re-election bid raked in nearly a quarter million dollars in the last two months, more than in twice as much as Public Service Commission President James Brown. He's challenging her for a seat on the Montana Supreme Court. The first campaign fundraising reports filed with the Commissioner of Political Practices since the primary election in June show Gustafson's raised just under $244,000 between June 16th and August 15th, with 684 individual contributors and no political action or other committee contribution. The campaign spent just $8,000 and they have $245,000 left in the bank. Brown, the Republican head of the PSC, raised just over $93,000 since June with 318 individual contributors and two $700 contributions from the Montana Action Committee for Rural Electrification, PAC, and the Montana Independent Bankers, PAC. In the other Supreme Court race, incumbent Justice Jim Rice reported roughly $3,500 raised since the campaign. His opponent, Billings Attorney Bill Dalton, has not reported a single cent 
of campaign contribution. Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks says several grizzly bears are spending time in the northern Bitterroot Valley. Sightings of the two bears were most recently reported on the east side of the valley in the river bottoms and at the edge of the Sapphire Mountains near Florence and Lolo. Quote, we have established populations of grizzly bears to the northwest and southeast. So seeing bears moving through the greater Missoula area and Bitterroot is becoming more common, according to Jonkel. Two sub-adult grizzly bears were first noted in the lower Blackfoot Valley earlier in the month before beginning to move south. The Blackfoot sits on the southern end of the northern continental divide ecosystem. That's an established population of grizzly bears. And it's fairly typical to see grizzlies there. After moving out of the Blackfeet, the pair began venturing further south. FWP linked together a series of sightings, photos, and video which shows they first crossed Interstate 90 just east of Missoula near Turin around August 4th. They then traveled south into the Sapphire Mountains and were sighted again near Florence in the northern Bitterroot a few days later. The tracks of a third possible grizzly bear have been reported in the same area. Jonkel says although the bears are active and near human activity, he hasn't heard about any conflicts with people or livestock so far. He says they seem to be exploring but naturally keep their distance. Quote, we'd like to do all we can to keep it that way, Jonkel says. This time of year, the valleys draw bears looking for berries and other food sources. If we can keep them away from unnatural foods like garbage, birds, and pet food and other attractants, they'll hopefully keep on moving along and exploring in their natural habitat. Billings police say they are seeing a spike in what's believed to be fentanyl-related overdoses within Yellowstone County and the Billings area. Preliminary data from numerous sources show that there have been 159 non-fatal overdoses in Yellowstone County and 18 fatal doses in 2002 so far. In the month of August, there have been a reported 24 doses, and Nexalone has been administered by first responders 18 times. Fentanyl is a synthetic and short-acting opioid analgesic. It's 50 to 100 times more potent than morphine and approved for managing acute or chronic pain associated with advanced cancer. Non-pharmaceutical fentanyl is sold via illicit drug markets for its heroin-like effect and often mixed with heroin and or cocaine as a combination product without the user's knowledge to increase its effects. The dosage on NPF pills is not regulated, so the user can never be sure the amount of fentanyl that they are ingesting. While fentanyl overdoses can be reversed with naloxone, a higher dose or multiple doses may be required if a patient has ingested a high potency of NPF. 
Lewis and Clark Public Health reports mosquitoes carrying the West Nile virus have been found in the county. The Montana Department of Public Health and Human Services identified the virus in samples collected but noted that no human or equine cases of the disease have been reported in the state of Montana. Most Montana cases of West Nile occur in late August and early September. According to the CDC, West Nile is the leading cause of mosquito-borne disease in the continental United States. Quote, the most important thing you can do to prevent West Nile virus is to avoid mosquito bites. The mosquitoes that carry West Nile are most active at dusk and dawn. That's according to Laurel Reek, the Disease Control and Prevention Division Administrator for the County Health Department. Quote, as we head into the last few weeks of summer, remember to cover exposed skin when you can and use an insect repellent. West Nile is transmitted to humans through the bite of a mosquito. LCP8 says most of those infected will not become ill. However, one in five individuals affected with West Nile virus will develop a fever and other symptoms such as headache, eye pain, muscle aches, joint pain, rash, or swollen nymph loads. About 1 in 150 people develop a severe illness affecting the central nervous system, such as encephalitis or meningitis. There are no vaccines to prevent the disease or medications to treat it, making prevention the only line of defense. After talking an hour on Tuesday night, Helena City Commissioners remain split over who they want to fill a vacant position on the commission. Instead, they decided to return next week to choose between two candidates, Troy McGee and Andy Shirtliff. At Tuesday's special meeting, commissioners interviewed the four finalists for the seat, formerly held by Eric Fever. After the interviews, each member of the commission identified their top two candidates, but that left all four candidates with two votes each. They then selected their number one choice, and three candidates received support. Quote, I knew, I just knew it was going to be like this, said Helena Mayor Collins. At this point, the commission instead began discussing which of the finalists could receive three favorable votes. Commissioners Dean and Logan were not willing to advance Breanne Harrington, and Collins and Logan were unwilling to advance Kim Mangold. That left only McGee and Shirtliff still in contention. Saying they wanted a chance to sleep on the issue before making a final decision, commissioners put off a final vote to a special meeting on Monday, August 29th at 5 o'clock. That's one hour before the newly appointed commissioner is scheduled to be sworn into office. If you need to hear this report again, please check the podcast on our Treasure State Radio or KGRT-DB webpages. Made in Montana News is podcast worldwide with listeners in 46 U.S. states and Canadian provinces in 24 countries on six continents. We also post our stories on Facebook. Made in Montana News is heard on the Treasure State Radio Network, including KMEH, 
100.1 FM in Helena, Elkhorn Mountains Radio in Jefferson County, Homegrown Radio in Bozeman, King West Radio in Billings, ResCast Radio on the Fort Peck Reservation, PIVA Radio of the Northern Cheyenne Nation, and Crow Res Radio of the Crow Nation. That's Made in Montana News. I'm Jay Scott. This is the Treasure State Radio Network.